Discretion is advised. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Art Star Seed Radio on Radio Free Brooklyn. I am Francis Hall, a.k.a. Faceboy. I'm Lutia Murray. And we are very pleased that Rain is back as a third-time offender. <laughs> hey, everyone. <laughs> hey, no face, no case. No face, no case. Uh, let's get right into it. Um, you wanted to talk... You had a few things that you wanted to talk about. I think you wanted to open with Snoop Doop. Okay, so last week I shared that Snoop Dogg was, you know, he had posted on his Instagram and Twitter that he was quitting weed. He had asked everybody to respect his privacy in this time with, you know, a prayer on hands. And um, that was actually a promotional um, dupe for, um, he's, you know, working for a company that has smokeless um Fire pits. Yep. Did he say I'm quitting weed, or did he say no. I'm not? I'm I'm not going to be smoking. No, he said I'm quitting smoke. I'm quitting, I'm quitting smoke. smoke. He specifically said I'm quitting smoke. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, you know, but everyone like assumed, assumed, of course, because he doesn't smoke tobacco, and he's a huge marijuana advocate. Um, so I think you know some people were very you know, you know, ma- marijuana advocates should be able to quit weed too. I mean, he's like, I, I I was I thought it was wrong that some people were like, you can't do this to us, like you know. But most people were very supportive and um, like on his Instagram. Um, well, I had stopped for a while, but continued advocating for it as a, as a, you know, medical usage and, and recreational and, and exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I had done the same thing. I stopped for a little while. I like back on it a little bit, but I'm going to have to quit again, you know, because I'm trying to get into the construction union, but I, um, I've only done it now, like maybe once or twice a week. Um, and like one little dose, not like, I used to smoke like all day long, every day. And like, um, I actually think like it's been a little easier for me life maybe without doing that. Um, mm-hmm. as much as like I am a marijuana advocate, like harm reduction model does work. And you, and you, you, Brain, to- you don't smoke, right? No, I don't smoke. I it, do like edibles on occasion, but that's about the extent of that. I, not my, uh, drug of choice, but very much strong advocate. Yeah, I mean, you can advocate for. I thought I thought it was wrong of people to like, you know, judge him for quitting because, like, um, you know, you can advocate for something without partaking in it. And you said you had some quotes. Oh yeah. And well, while you're so I think that out. was a real quote that high time, high times is not like not farce, right? Like it's real. No, high times is a real. Bad okay, thing. so he said I was high when I said that. Um, and then his other quote is, "Let me pull it up." Sorry, I was not ready. Well, I'll I'll little. No, I have it now. Are you going to go? Go ahead. Okay. Um, Being a grandfather has changed me in multiple ways. The main way is being concerned with how I live, how I move, the kind of people I'm associated with, because I want to see my grandkids grow old. Mm -hmm. You know. So Francis has also, you know, um, made a lot of changes. A lot of lifestyle changes in the past few years, Uh, and a lot of it has to do with uh, with you and us and me and me wanting to lessen the period of time where I am uh, needing to be cared for when I'm super old. You know, I like had a really hard time when you turned 57 because I, you know, that is when like um, my dad had a stroke and like, I was like, you know, my dad is still alive, but he like, you know, has struggled since then and really like not lived, you know, a full life. And so I was worried something was going to happen to you. This bitch kept me in bubble wrap for a year. <laughs> 
<laughs> you, your 57th year was like a hard year. Maybe you shouldn't uh, let me do the. Uh... I know, I know. <laughs> and like, and then I think that was the year that you like tried to jump over the fence drunk too. Was that the year? I don't remember if that was, and the, and it was pointless because the door on the other side was on the bottom of the. Fence was locked too, and the apartment door. No, the apartment door. Yeah, was well, you were still. And I was like, this doesn't even make logical sense. Like he was gonna go, jump over a fence to another locked door. Yeah, um, because we I got mean, locked out. Sometimes you gotta improvise. Death can never come, man. I you mean, would have figured it out when you get on the other side. I did jump a fence once with him, but I like have like you know you pull skills. Broke, maybe yeah, we were we were at we were at the end of pure forty. Uh, and they they locked it up, and they didn't walk to the end to check if anyone no, was there. To be fair, like we were, we I were was, hiding, we were having hiding. sex. We were hiding, having sex. So it's not their fault. We, right. we can't blame the like the like you know fifteen dollar an hour workers at the pier. Please, okay, so. it's not fair. So <laughs> so you climbed over the fence, and then I remembered when I was like a, a teenager. I kept trying to tell you to. I used to go. Yeah, I wasn't going to go over, but I used to sneak around. You know the the I used to. It's so hard to explain, but there's a side fence that you can that you can uh, you're you're going to be suspended over the water. The Hudson. I was like, don't Hudson. do it. You're gonna you're gonna become green. But I had <laughs> I, I you know muscle memory lasts a long time, and when I was a teenager, I used to do that a lot, a lot with my friends Norma and Robert and Michael. We would sneak in, uh, and then we'd go inside the barges. And like get high in these little small rooms because Robert always had this idea that if you're in a really small enclosed environment, you're not only smoking what you're smoking, but you're breathing all the other stuff and it gets super high for <laughs> less money. <laughs> this is Robert Downey Jr. we're talking about. He, he, he grew up with um, Robert Downey Jr. And, um, but um, they were like stoner friends. You were friends since like since like. Nursery school? school. Nursery, Nursery school. school. Four yeah. years old. Yeah. I uh, texted with um, his sister, Allison, on Thanksgiving. We just sent each other some love and light. She's wonderful. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, it's, it's okay. to. I just feel a little duped. I didn't like that. No, the American people do not like to be duped. We don't like being lied to. We don't like being tricked. I think there's probably going to be a little backlash. Rain, there. did you? Did, I don't think. I don't, were you I don't, I, Nah, because I don't give a fuck if some dude lost Oaks or not. I don't care. <laughs> Do you, man? I don't give a fuck. It's the same thing about people who, like, you know, decide they're going to stop drinking or go sober from anything. Like, they should just get support. And it's not the first time people have used marketing, marketing tactics like that. I think people are just too invested in the character that is Snoop Dogg. To be like, oh, he's quitting smoking. This is like a travesty. Like, dude, mm-hmm. just because someone else quits doing something doesn't mean you got to quit it or base your whole lifestyle and personality around him. He's allowed to have some like fun marketing campaign. That's all it was, was a fun marketing campaign. Because again, he didn't say I was quitting weed. Yeah. He said I was quitting smoke. Very, he was. Very, they were very specific very to say specific. smoke instead of weed. Semantics is everything in life, you know. Technicality, say yeah. <laughs> Rain, uh, are you ready to move on? Yeah, I'm ready to move on. So, Rain, you were here three weeks ago, was it? Before um, you went to you went to Montreal, right? Yeah, before I went to Montreal. You want to talk a little bit about? Uh... That's okay. He used to burp during the copy every week, and I I just felt it was a little disrespectful because since it was every week, I felt like he was doing it on purpose. But he said it was something about the way he sucked air down, which I get. Yeah, no, <laughs> if I drink so that, I was like that's too. No, I burp. I burp too burp. because I like um. 
even water makes me burp. Like all liquids make me burp for some reason. But I brought whiskey this week and cups. Whiskey doesn't make me burp though. So see, whiskey's good. I also have whiskey we, in my bag. We went a long time without having booze in the studio, but now you're in the shelter system and we're bringing so, booze. Yeah, now, so now I have to cut myself off by like 11. So now we're starting earlier in the night. And I'm supplying it because you're having... Because you need a little extra help right now. I just need like a little... I, I don't like to go back drunk, but I like to like go back like not sober. Mm-hmm. I know when I used to when I used to be, when I used to be in the children's system, I was like wrecked like every fucking night. But I also had a job, so I had a I had a, a pass, so I didn't have to get up in the morning, and I could just be out all fucking night. So because I'm mentally <laughs> ill, they actually like I don't know if it's during the week because I've only done it at, during, on the weekends, but like on the weekends at least they actually let us sleep in. I'm not sure if they let yeah, us they do, do that they, during the week too. No, they do that. They do that at all the shelters on the weekends. I, I think they might do it on the during the week too. I'm not sure. Like I think the mentally ill, they understand like might some of people maybe on medications might need more sleep. But I'm not sure because I have actually gotten up during the week. Uh, Rain, one of the things that and and I want to preface this by saying that that the shelter that Lucille is in, she feels is very well run, um, comparatively. Comparatively but- to a lot of like the places I've been for the mentally ill, like I think there is a lot of you know, ethics and like morality, but I think, you know, there's still some dehumanizing behavior. Yes. And one of the things that we have noted is just the ability to get clean at the first shelter that she was at. The soap was like useless. It didn't work. And then at this shelter that you're in now, the, the water pressure for the shower is like a trickle. It's, you can't get clean. Yeah. I've been taking like baths at like um, his house. Is that as far as you know, a systemic problem? I mean, nobody, they don't really take care of the shelters in general. Like, all the shelters are going to have whatever problems they might have. Some are better than others, some are worse than others, but all across the board, there's not going to be any, there's not any one shelter, even in the ones that they have for, like, families or uh, DV victims and stuff. Well, the DV victim one, I think that one is probably, like, a bit more decent than the other ones, but that's because they have them, like, they you have, like, your own, basically, like, junior apartment type situation. Um, yeah. But as far as, like, general shelters overall, they all have their own problems. They all have issues across the board. Like, there's not one place that isn't either lacking some sort of basic needs or full of, of people who are, like, supposed to be the guards there who are, like, super fucking corrupt or just, like, people falling through the cracks and not getting the kind of, like, help or attention that they need. Yeah, I think, you know, um, I've been treated, like, exceptionally well comparatively to how I've seen other people be treated, but they, like, you know, know about, like, what my husband did to me, you know, and so they're, even though it's years ago, still, like, because that's where, like, my problems with housing began, like, they're still treating me as, like, a, you know, DV victim, Um, but, like, if I did not come in with that story, like, it would be a very, I think, different situation, and, like, also because I'm mentally ill, they, they feel like it's, it's terrible, but, like, the way they worded it is, it's, um, it's like, they, it's like, it's not your fault you're a DV victim, which is, like, so it's, like, kind of, like, this way in which, like, if you're saying that to me, you're almost saying, like, it is some people's fault that they're a DV victim, you know? Yes. (laughs) It's terrible. That's terrible. But, you know, like that, like they were. I don't think they were meaning it like that by saying it's not your fault. I don't think that means that they think it's someone else's fault in general. I think they were just trying to 
trying empathize. to say. They were just trying to empathize and say that, no, it's not your fault that you were in that situation. Well, they said, like, because you're mentally ill, like, it's not your fault. It's probably just, it's the wording. It's, it was the wording. The wording's probably shitty, but I don't think they meant it. They meant didn't mean it like that. Yeah, I didn't okay. think they meant it as other people. That because like, nobody like it's nobody's fault that they're a TV victim, you know. Even if you like are aggravating your partner, like you know, on purpose, like you still don't deserve like violence towards you, you know. Mm-hmm. Like nobody deserves violence towards them, like you know, like. Uh, but um, you know, and I, like, I've annoyed the fuck out of you. You never smacked me. I never, <laughs> and and like I, and vice versa. You know what I mean? Like true, and vice versa. Like you know, I mean. Like, I, like, have good partners now, so I know that, like, I, like, can act that way and, like, not be abused. So, like, you know, when I still don't accept the abuse he gave, you know. But for him, it was, like, next level, you know. Um, yeah. It's next level. Yeah. When you mentioned corruption, uh, is this is this, like... I know that I know that that there is funding, that there is donations, that there is, and that it is not adequate. But is is it? Uh, are there people skimming off of that? It There's definitely be. people skimming off of it. I know for a fact this one shelter, Magnolia Magnolia House. I didn't stay there. Uh, somebody I know was in that shelter for a while. There was someone there who was a guard. She got fired because she was using dead people's socials like they were in a bed because oh, they get paid stop. for every person who's in a bed. Yes. She was using dead people's socials to say that they were in that bed, and she was taking the money from those people. They also had guards who, like, people were selling their, like, SNAP benefits, like their food stamps to these guards in order for these guards to get them drugs, like, get them wow. crack. So it's it, it's a lot wow. of just shit that happens in that. But that one specifically is atrocious. And regards to how many times you call 311 on it or anything like that, nothing is done. So maybe somebody will hear this and actually do something about that. But um, otherwise, yeah, like... There's just a lot of just real fucked up shit that goes up in those shelters. I want to say because like, and my, you know, my mom got upset with me saying this because like, I don't think she wanted to believe that like the like lower paid staff would be the better staff. But in my specific shelter, like the guards are like actually like the best of the staff. Um, and the, it's the higher paid staff that has like been like dehumanizing to me, telling me, I told Rain about this, like. And I told you about this, like, they, like, you know, screamed at me. I was only in the bathroom for, like, to pee. Like, so, like, you know, 20 seconds at this point. Start, come in, scream at me. They had seen me go in the bathroom, like, scream at, like, everyone, like, get the fuck out, get the fuck out. You know, like, swearing at us. And, like, you know, and I was, like, I'm, like, you know, and I looked, like, I had to, to wash my hands, I had to give them those eyes that you, like, both know that I have, you know, where, like, I go crazy. You know, like I had to go like crazy and I shouldn't have to go crazy on somebody to wash my hands. You know, I shouldn't have to like show like my fangs to wash my hands. And then they did let me because I like showed my fangs and, you know, but like I shouldn't have to like do that. Like, no, ever. no. And and I've shared this. I don't know if I've shared this on the air, but uh, that is it is it was hand washing that led to us not admitting my mother into the village care nursing home after her hospitalization, which um, was at like like um. To, to fill in for rain like it and our viewers like it was um that was like the hospital's recommendation is for you to go to like for a period of time to like um, to the nursing home to the nursing home going home in into my care but they couldn't and do that because she they wouldn't like they they, she, they wouldn't let her she hadn't been officially admitted yet and i get a call from nancy saying i think you should come here i, I don't think we should admit her here and i'm thinking to myself i don't know if i'm capable of the level of care that she's going to need it 
if she's being recommended for a nursing home. I don't know if I am. I get there, and I was not pleased with the facility. Uh, it looked clean, but there were some some warning bells. And uh, Nancy told me that mom had been in the bathroom, and she overheard mom loudly saying, I want to wash my hands. And she came into the bathroom and said, what's going on? And and the, the nurse or the staff member there said, oh, they just want to do things the way they're used to doing. Like she's now a them. She's not a person. She's a they. She's, she's, she's not a person anymore. And, and my sister said, yes, they do. They do want to do things the way they're used to. And that was all I needed to hear, uh, that she was just dehumanized, uh, that, that I didn't, I, I, I'm like, I can do this, you know, whatever it takes, I can do this. And, and, uh, and Nancy stayed also as a second person. So we, we did it. Uh, we got her past, you know, we got her safely. We got her out of there and we were able to take care of her, provide the level of care better than they would have. Clearly yeah. And better. I think unfortunately, like, um, you know, as Steve shared, I, I told Rain about it, like as Steve shared, about his partner, you know, I think like, unfortunately, like it's even worse, like, um, for people of color, like in, in nursing homes, because like, you know, the, the treatment he was sharing that happened to like, I mean, my like, um, grandparents had like, you know, also died from bed sores and things like that. But like, I think just like the treatment that she received seems a little like, like worse than some of the treatment, like that I like witnessed my grandparents receive. And like, um, you know, she was a very successful black woman. Highly accomplished. Yeah. Educator, entertainer, and in her words, all they see is an old black woman in a wheelchair. Yeah, and I, you know, said that was her like literal words before she mm-hmm. she passed. Um, she helped him like luckily like, make a show. You know, when your soulmate dies. When your soulmate dies, yeah. Which was successful. Had a, had a, had an extended run. Um. Last week, our our guest was Steve Epstein. He. Uh, performed with his wife uh, for 40 years, I think, yeah. as Epstein and Hassan, the black and the Jew. They talked a lot about uh, the, about, well, black Jew love. <laughs> yeah, they had a very interesting thing where, like, um, as, like, sort of a, um, you know, for as a way that she kind of got, came to terms with being a black woman, allowing herself to, like, you know, you know, have, sexual intimacy with a white man like she like did require him to like ask permission before um touching himself or like you know having any because she felt like that you know like like was a way where she felt like respected as a black woman still with a white man yeah she put some rules on him and uh he agreed with them didn't just follow agreed with them yeah no he very very well like the way he talks about it like it like he really you know wholeheartedly enjoyed having these roles put on him and did feel like, you know, yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about Montreal. Took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> I mean, what, do you, what do you guys want to know? I mean, I kind of just went up there for a little, just need to get the fuck about the city for a bit. <laughs> so, so you met people, right? You just yeah, met- yeah, yeah. I met, uh, met a bunch of, met a, met a few different people. Went to illegal after hours. Went to went to uh, what? Illegal, illegal, actual like legal after hours. They don't serve alcohol. They just serve water. Oh, they it's were like, like yeah, but it's like eight bucks for water. But they know everybody in there is fucked up, and they have this giant size. It's actually voted one of the best uh, 
nightclubs in the country, like internationally for their sound system. It's called Studio. Okay. Um, and it is a it is a really cool place. They have like a regular bar downstairs, and then after hours is when they have the party upstairs and stuff like that. So that was really fun. Uh, met some people in line there, and yeah, what else? Uh, went and hung out in the gay area of Montreal. Uh, first place I went to was. Turns out it was like an older leather daddy bar, and I was like, I don't really want dudes trying to hit on me, so I'm gonna go. Um, <laughs> um, so you know, hung out there for a drink for a couple of drinks, then you know, walked out, walked around a little bit because downtown Montreal is pretty walkable. Um, so back up a little bit. What is the older leather daddy bar? Uh, so like, like older, older, older gay dudes, older queer dudes who are mostly just like in the leather. So you got a lot of dudes in there with like just like leather harnesses or like just like their leather vest and leather hats. Just like almost a lot of dudes into like leather. But you haven't been. You haven't been to that scene because I'm sort of drifted that way. Older, yeah, Francis, older leather daddy. Francis, gay guy. Francis looks very good in all leather. He has like you know. Yeah, yeah, that's really, all. That's yeah. that's all it is. Like that. So it was just older. I mean, there was some. There was like some. Not everybody, and there was leather, but you could definitely tell it was mostly like a leather, a leather daddy bar. We we frequently support the leather man on Christopher Street. I uh, that's where from, I got this at. Yeah, for oh, my yeah, birthday. I was thinking yeah, that. that's where I got that from. I got I got their leather pants. I've been wanting them forever. They're they're over five hundred dollars. They'll last forever. Yeah, so no, their I stuff will, is their stuff is really. Them, big, I will yeah. be passing them down. Yeah, their <laughs> stuff is really well made. Yeah. Over. I will only use their harnesses because, like, I don't think like the like um, other harnesses I've like in, like encountered, even really expensive ones, have been like worth it or like. You know. There's a couple people I know too that also make harnesses. I can't think of the one person's name. I'll pull up their Instagram and find out. But they are in Astoria. They're a queer person who makes different harnesses and stuff. And there was a, a trans guy I was following who also did it, but I don't remember what the hell their Instagram is. We're loyal to Leather Man. <laughs> I would maybe be willing to support, you know, like other sources, but I, I really, really enjoy, like there's been times where the Leather Man has not um, had the like equipment to make it. So if that happened again and, you know, I w- really wanted it, like I would maybe go to another source. I would wait. You would wait personally but I mean, for me it's just because i want to support some like i want to support some uh trans guy uh ones as well just because uh i think that's a thought like important too yeah and like at least i've come across uh as far as like trans guys who are who are gay who are like attracted to men and stuff like that i see there's like at least from whatever from the few trans guy friends that I have in the groups I'm in, there is there's just been like a lot of like fetishization of trans guys within the gay community. Um, when it comes to like when it comes to trans men dating cis gay men, and um, fetishized, and yeah, like the it's just like chasers, like they like they don't like they don't see them. Not all of the from my friends that told me anyway, not all of them get seen as like men, like they. Look at them like just like oh you know I've never tried a trans person before like it's like a flavor mm. of the week type situation which is like horrendous and itself no, and I also and also yeah. just think like just across the board there's a lot of stuff within like the queer gay community that uh, needs like more support because uh, I mean yeah you don't hear you definitely definitely don't come close to hearing as much as violence against trans men as you do against trans women but I also feel like in a sense that trans men are seeing like sort of like invisible. Yeah. through like parts of the community like they're either not seen completely as men or seen as something to like just uh you know kind of just oh let's see if i like let's see if i'm in a, like looked at like another kink to just suck off like a, a checklist or something and i think there still is violence you know i think like 
there's like a push not to talk about it if you're a trans man because you like don't like you want to be seen as a man so you don't want to be seen as like a victim but like i like you know will say the major reason i detransitioned is not because i didn't feel like i was a man but because i like was sick of violence you know like no i'm not saying there's not violence i'm just saying there's not as much you don't hear about it, it as much not as like, you do it's not with like trans women we, it, because like, you hear about yeah. violence against trans women a lot more that's because there's just like generally a lot more violence against women as a whole regardless of the whole yeah. you're trans cis or you know intersex whatever the situation might be but there's just violence against women as a whole in general there's a comedian who makes a joke about that and like it was you know a little off color but like that's the thing about comedy is it's like supposed to be off color um, I forget her name. She's like a redhead. She has like, you know, curly hair. She's, I forget her name. She's very popular, but she like made a joke about like, you know, about like, welcome to womanhood. Like, oh, now you're scared on the street. Like, welcome to womanhood. That's what we all feel. And um, like, it's like, that's pretty much exactly what she said. It was only funny because of like, the way she said it, but I didn't really find it that funny. But, you know, it, like, it's, I mean, I think when it comes to comes to quote unquote jokes like that, it's like people either like people are laughing because they either do agree with it and like they agree with it in like the worst sense of the term, or people laugh at it because it's an uncomfortable truth and they don't really know how any other way to deal with it besides laughing at. It. Especially when it comes to like women, like women when you're put in uncomfortable situations, it's like oh, you know, if you just laugh it off, ha ha ha, joke joke joke, then you know they'll leave it alone, but. It's get, like now it's gotten to a point where a lot of women or a lot of feminine identifying people aren't doing shit like that. They're just telling people to fuck right off, just matching it with the same energy. And I think more people need to do that to make sure it's like to understand that, that shit's not OK. And also more men, regardless of how you identify, need to step up, and be, like not let jokes like that happen. But, yeah, exactly. Like, if you hear your friend saying like some shitty joke about like rape or some shit, maybe don't let your friend make some jokes about rape. You mm-hmm. like maybe don't like perpetuate that whole system, that whole thing, because all that's doing is making people think it's okay to joke about shit like this and making it feel unsafe for people who want to talk about these things but feel like they won't get taken seriously. My mother, who's going to be 91 next month, um, doesn't really understand the trans stuff. Uh, but I think in, there's something she said that, that gives me a feeling maybe she understands it better than I know. Sure. She she said, I think she, she understands it a little bit. <laughs> she said, she said, I can understand wanting to become a man, but I can't understand wanting to become a woman. Yeah, I mean, she will not put up with it. if I. She, like, doesn't know of Lucas, but she likes Lucas better than Lucille. Like, she does not like the way Lucille dresses. Like, she's like, when it, when I, if I show up, like, full Lucille one day because I'm actually in that personality that day, she's like, what are you wearing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where are your pants? <laughs> that's Joanne's voice. But that's Joanne's voice, but it's like, it's, she says it very sweetly, actually, your mom. But it's like, so I like, where Joanne came pants? out of me. Where, where, are your pants? where are your pants? But like, you can tell like she's getting like increasingly upset, but not. That's okay. Um, she's getting increasingly upset, but it's not like mad at me upset. Like, it's more like you're going to like, she's concerned. <laughs> But, like, I don't think she thinks that about all women. Like, I think she just sees me in a different light, maybe. I think she she sees Lucas in a, in a way, but she doesn't, like, know what that is. Maybe. Okay. Like, she doesn't know that it's that me being trans. But, like, I think she see, she, she seems to appreciate Lucas. Um, because I've, I come, like, we I come to his house, at, like, in that personality. Um, and then um, we just t- you still use the word, like, the name Lucille. Um, which is what we do with like, Gary's mom, too. Um, and like, 
you know, Gary's mom, like, I think it's just been so, like, you just, like, I know she'd be accepting, but, like, it's just, like, you don't want to, like, mess up, like, your relate. You just don't want to, like, like, when someone's been so kind to you, you just don't want to, like, I don't know. It's just my, it was my personal choice, you know? Like, my own mother I chose to tell, but I did not choose to tell all my, all, all my friends' mothers, you know? Yes. Uh, we had a short visit with another trans friend, Dylan Greenberg, and she had uh, brought our attention to an organization called Breaking Ground, which I had not heard of, which seems to be, uh, a, just on, on looking at it, looks like a good a good uh, it's not, shelter system. It's not like an LGBT shelter system, but I think it is for the mentally ill, right? I think it's for everybody. It's for Breaking ev- Ground's for everyone. Oh, it's for everyone. Okay. Oh, can you tell us more about it? I mean, I've only heard of it like a little bit. I think I dealt with them like very briefly. So whatever you know is probably like the extent of how much I know about it, to be honest. I just know I have heard of them. And uh, I do know some people like who, like some, some people through my work and everything that have gone through it. Or we've had to talk to some people from there, but I don't know much more outside of like the scope of what you can look up online about them, to be honest. I think we saw that they do have support housing. So they do like yes. serve the mentally and they and, yeah. and, and they have... Uh, uh, studios one bedrooms yeah they, you know so, you can live by yeah. yourself they also some of them have art studios they have things to do this has been a problem uh not just with with homeless shelters but when i was working on and off for 12 years with uh, special needs children and adults there's not enough things to do yeah that's the thing with the, the shelter with the shelters too because uh like well when i was then i was i was still like in a got moved around for like a couple of different shelters um, because they just tell you you're going to go somewhere. They don't tell you why. You're just like, oh, you got to go to the shelter. Yeah, go to the shelter. And they move you to wherever. Um, the last one I was at was in downtown Brooklyn and it had like four or five, four, maybe seven. It doesn't matter. Anyway, um, one of the dormitory rooms, because there's like eight beds, eight to ten beds in these things. You get this like a footlocker, probably about this tall, this wide. Whatever doesn't fit in there, you can't take with you. Luckily, I had a friend of mine who, like, kept the vast majority of my stuff at their house. So I didn't have to worry about shit getting lost or, you know, getting, a, uh, getting like, a, a fucking storage unit or something like that. Either. Yeah, uh, Lucille's been storing stuff at my place. And, and I do have a storage unit, too, but mm-hmm. it's, that's, like, that's but, um, old stuff. Yeah. But uh, so the door I was staying at was for, was for vets. So it was just, like, myself and... I think there was like six or seven other women in there because uh, this is like this is still very early in my transition, so I was still staying in a women's shelter. Um, Do they let people late in, like like a- after they've like medically transitioned stay in women's shelters? I or? don't know. I hadn't been. I wasn't in, in the shelter that long uh, after I started transitioning. Like it was definitely like noticeable, but it wasn't like noticeable enough. Or if it was, it's not anything they could do at that point because at that point, all my identification, everything still had me ID as female. So them putting me in a men's shelter wouldn't have it would have caused a whole other thing for them. But um, but yeah. So the floor, the one I was staying on, they would let us sleep like during the day and stuff like that because they just you know whatever. Um, but if you didn't have either a day pass or to sleep in bed or like a, a medical pass or some sort of pass to say you could stay in your bed in the daytime they would kick you out of the dorm room you would have to go to like the room that had like the tv which who the fuck was watching whatever on that one fucking tv 
or that's the only place where they had outlets where you could like charge your phone because they didn't have any outlets in the dormitory rooms for whatever fucking reason. They had all the outlets sealed up and uh and then otherwise or you have to go outside and there's like literally nothing to fucking do. If you don't have any appointments with your caseworker or something like that, there's like nothing you're fucking doing. You're either sitting inside listening to people like pop the fuck off or whatever other bullshit fights going on, listening to whatever drama or you're outside doing what the fuck knows, you know? There was a school that I was working at and the fucking hoops that I had to jump through and the advocacy I had to push for just to get my, there, there's a, there was a library a few blocks away. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want to take my students to the library. I want them to get library cards. Mm-hmm. I want them to explore what's there and available. This is a good thing. And just to, just to get special needs people out of a facility you know, all of their safety concerns make sense, but I had, you know, I had, I had a plan. Right. You know? It wasn't like, you, had, you didn't go, you didn't just go like, wake up like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to do this and then just try to take them. You know, it's something that was well thought out. And, and and eventually I was able to do that. I did start a library program for the students at my school. Um, and, and it was really successful. And, uh, they they got a lot out of it. Mostly, uh, they took out music and CDs and stuff more than books. But great, you know, music is a, is a wonderful healing tool, and and to be able to choose your own music, yeah, you know, not not just be put in a room with what the staff wants to play. Music is actually like for schizophrenics, like um, considered the like. Um, you know, highest form of um, like art therapy to, of healing, and one of the highest forms of healing. Mm-hmm. I do. Before you move to the copy, want yeah. to um, share another resource with resource, which is Barrier Free Living. Um, their website is bflnewyorkcity.org, um, and they um, it's a like it's you have to have domestic violence for this shelter, um, but it. You know, I Safe Horizons is currently like booked, so like you would have it would take you a very long time. And unfortunately, for domestic violence survivors, that's not really an option um, to wait like um, on a shelter like that usually. Um, and so, um, I'm not sure like what they the if the, this um, you have to be also disabled to do very free living. But if anybody you know if that's your situation, you um, they you know they're mostly I think when I go to their website work with like people who are in wheelchairs or hearing impaired, but they also um, do take anybody with a disability. So like I would qualify and they like have a shelter. They have a, they have apartments and they have groups also, if you're just looking for groups and um, they also do like family therapy, like, which, you know, very important because I think, you know, like my family has had like a incredibly hard time really like, you know, like they, they, I think send it toward like angry, like Joanne, like sometimes gets angry at me. Like, but I think she's actually just like really hurting is why she gets angry at me, like about the situation. And like, like, I don't think her anger is really like anger towards me. I think she's just like, doesn't know how to cope with the fact that. So I, you know, I think that like something like this could be like a great, great organization. Um, You know, Safe Horizons is great, but they they don't have quite as many resources as what this website seems to have. You want to give that website one more time? BFLNewYorkCity.org. You're listening to Art Star Scene Radio on Radio Free Brooklyn. Radio Free Brooklyn is independent, listener-supported radio. Our mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and to promote media literacy, education, free expression, and public art. 
We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. Every dollar helps us stay on the air and allows us to continue our work in the community. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization, so all contributions are tax deductible. And we're getting towards the end of the year, folks, so uh, get them tax deductions in. Please support with a monthly pledge or a one-time donation at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. If you'd like to listen to RFB when you're not in front of your computer, please download our free mobile app for iPhone and Android, available in the App Store for iPhone or the Google Play Store for Android. Please be sure to subscribe to our monthly newsletter for the latest news about new programming and upcoming RFB events. You can sign up at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash newsletter. You wanted me to uh, put in the notes that you called nine one one on yourself. Well, right now I want to I want to say something. I want to I want to focus a little more on rain right now. Please. But then we'll go. But we'll we can get to that. But um, or we can get to that next week. But um, I you know um, I Raina I told Rain about the hand washing situation, and Rain had said to me that 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 the military would never do that. And I just wanted to ask you like about a little bit about like you know people like view the military as like a very like you know, like, oh, we'll break you, very abusive place. And of course, like, they have to break people to send them to war a little bit or they have to, like, see, like, what you're cut out to be. But do you find, like, they that the military would not, like, do do dehumanizing acts or, like... Oh, no, they absolutely do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. So that was no, the other question. No, they absolutely do dehumanize you. Uh, but that's sort of, least... like, a medical problem, kind of, to not let people watch. Oh, no, that's a public, that's a public safety it's, That's what I said. Yeah, that's to... public self, that's, that's just basic. That's what I said. Public, public yeah. safety type stuff. They they would definitely make you wash your hands. Like there's like there's only a few times, and it's only like with if you're in the field where you don't actually like get to shower, shower. But they still make sure you have ways to clean yourself. Clean yourself. Yeah, like, <laughs> like I. They're not gonna let you just flipped. not be like they're not gonna let you not clean yourself. You're at in all. barracks with like all these people. I mean, so I share a room with six girls. So I I like flipped out about it. I was like I was like flipping out. I was like, this is you know we just spent like years teaching people how to wash their fucking hands. Twenty seconds minimum. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like seeing the we, fucking ABC. So I'm like, bro, I'm like, yo, it's 2020. We gotta teach motherfuckers how to wash their goddamn. I feel hands. like that's all we did in 2020 was like teach people how to wash their hands. Like <laughs> I was like, we really had commercials with like seeing the ABC song. <laughs> Seeing happy birthday, seeing twinkle, twinkle. I'm like, yo, are we really telling grown ass adults to wash their fucking hands? But then I'm not surprised because then I go to like clubs and stuff or I go to bars. All the dudes that be walking out after just touching your dick and just don't be washing your hands. I'm like, bro, what the fuck's wrong with you? Like, hello? And the, and the amount of people that think pee is sterile is still insane to me. The fact that people still think that or the fact that people still think that if you shave, your hair will grow back thicker and faster. I'm like, that's, you got to like put some logic into this shit. And then I think about stuff like that. I'm like, this is why we have to teach people how to wash their hands. People are fucking dumb. So, so, <laughs> so, so. Sorry, but you're right. I, I just had somebody who's like, you know, I'm not going to say what job they have because I think it would kind of clock who, who I'm talking about. But I, cause I only have one person of that profession in my life, but like. I had somebody who's like in a very high up profession where you really like, you know, like involved in like, you know, public like health in a way, like thinking pee was sterile, you know, saying like I that he, he was like, oh, you wash your hands after you pee. And I was like, fucking, of course I wash my hands after I fucking pee. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Uh... Like, 
like there's dudes that there's <laughs> dudes that don't wash between their ass because they think touching their asshole is gay. Oh god. And that's like that's not me being like that's not me lying or like like making things blowing out of things prior of proportion. It's a real thing. It's a real thing of dudes that don't wipe between their ass because they think that's that gross. is gay. That's and I'm gross. just like, how is like being clean gay? Like I don't know, like Remember, remember that period when, in like early, like it was like the early two thousands, like maybe two thousand six or whatever, where they were calling dudes metrosexuals because they like took care of themselves. Absolutely, we were talking. I was telling him about that. Like I was like, oh, you know, I think you know some men won't even use chapstick because of. And he was like, really? And I was like, yeah, because like they don't want to be called gay. And uh, I said, well, I'm already gay, so it <laughs> Red Fox had an entire album titled "You Gotta Wash Your Ass." <laughs> You do and like I saw something on Reddit and like to be fair it's Reddit so take it with a grain of salt but this seemed like it was a real thing where this dude was like I don't know how to get this the uh the ass smell or like the shit smell out of my gaming chair. <laughs> oh so man. so I'm so we're all reading this and I'm like, dude, why does your gaming chair smell like, like shit? Yeah, like, like to I begin like, with, yeah. Like, that means you are not washing your ass. He said it got to the point where like his girlfriend was getting something like, I guarantee you this dude does not have a girlfriend. There's no fucking way. No. But then I did see something where some chick wrote that like her boyfriend, like she would wake up in bed when she moved in with her boyfriend and there'd be like shit marks in the bed because he doesn't wash his ass. Oh my God. It's disgusting. And I'm just like, like why, like what, what the fuck's wrong with dudes, man? <laughs> like, 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 it's just, I don't know. It's just so crazy. Like, the, the 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 fear of being like perceived as gay has got us so far you're willing to let yourself like have shit caked in your asshole because you don't want to wipe your butt cheeks like, i don't understand i, I don't really understand freaked it. out like all, so many that's sexual why i have a partners. fucking bidet that's why i have a bidet i freaked out so many <laughs> sexual partners who thought like even if they weren't still fucking me as lucas that like just the fact that they fucked lucille would make them gay like they were like fuck i fucked i fucked this bitch before she was trans and now like i'm gay you remember that it was mm-hmm. so many people were like you can't be you can't be trans because i'm not gay I'm like, and by yeah. the way happy 40th birthday steve no don't, don't clock it like that. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't just him though like there were people that they were like they were like i i'm not gay though and i'm and i'm like it's like i'm sorry that you're still attracted to me but like like it's it's like it doesn't yeah, i gave him a, a birthday shout out my timing was fucked. <laughs> the timing was very mean. My timing was mean. <laughs> yeah, people are just so fucking weird. And like the it's the people that are so scared of like being perceived as gay because they're attracted to whatever. Uh it's it's funny to me. It's almost like the level of people who don't want to vaccinate their kids because they don't want their kids to have autism. Autism, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, you rather your kid die for a preventable disease like, yeah. than have autism? Like you hear how fucked up that fucked sounds, up and and you you shouldn't be having kids if you're afraid of having an autistic kid. I know I have. Man, nobody high should blood be pressure. having kids right now, man. Fuck I, having yeah. kids I, I right know, now. I know I have high blood pressure, uh, but I can't use Mrs. Dash because that's gay. <laughs> Basically, it's like, uh, <laughs> like it's just it's just so silly. It's like yo, like if having basic hygiene makes you gay, then I mean, I don't I don't know. I guess I'm fucking gay too. Shit. I guess we're all fucking gay because we like to wash, wipe our buttholes. 
So like I was asking, like <laughs> I was like very upset by this because like I was like there was a there was a po- point there was a very brief point where I thought Francis had poisoned me, and so then I was like, you know what, I'm fucking a lesbian, like I'm a lesbian, and they were like, you no, you're not a lesbian because you're trans, and I was like, okay, okay, so I'm not a lesbian, but. And then she was like, my therapist was telling me that I'm straight. And like, would that make you straight? Like, I was like very upset. Like, I was like, don't call me straight. Like, but she was like, you're, you're a man and you're, and you're with a woman and you like women only. So you're let, you're fucking straight. And I was like, no. And I, I got very upset, but like, you know, some of my queer friends said that doesn't. I'm queer. Straight. God damn it. <laughs> I, was like, I mean, I was, when I was, when I went back home to go visit. <clears throat> go see my friends and everything. Uh, I went to go see like my biological family too. I was talking to my mom. I was like, "Mom, isn't it funny that now I'm a straight dude? I just took like the scenic route to be straight." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like you know, just making my way downtown. How's your what family in general been about uh, the about me? Oh, they're fine. My grandmother's always been very supportive, and me and my mom when I was younger, we had a rough patch, but we got past that before I transitioned. Uh, the only thing she said. Like, because I, I let them call me by my dead name until my name got officialized. And then, you know, I was like, no, this is the name now. And, uh, you know, my grandmother, like, they still, like, they still mess up my name sometimes. They, my grandmother instantly was like, okay, yeah, you know, I got it, blah, blah. My mom tried to say, well, you'll always be such and such to me. I was like, hey, guess what? I will not talk to you again for another three, four, five, ten years, like, 100%. Like, because I've cut my mom out of my life to the point where, like, she had no idea where the fuck I was for five or six years. So I'm like, if you want to go back to that, I will. I would, I would like to not go back to that. But if you will, if you want to do that, then I will. Because otherwise, you know, it doesn't change who I am as a person. Like nothing about what I'm dealing with or what nothing about me transitioning change who I, changes who I am as a person at my core. I, in fact, it gets me closer to who I, am, who I am as a person at my core. So it's not hard to just like respect the name, respect the pronouns. All it is is a different name and different pronouns. Is it? It's not any. That's nothing else different outside of like you know physical changes but otherwise yeah no my family's been fine like i i'm super lucky to have like incredibly supportive family and friends uh to to like to just be supportive of the whole thing like my friends were just like okay yeah we already knew you were due water's wet congratulations yeah. <laughs> yeah i have a family member that i think needs to come around to supporting their daughter yeah I'm yeah i'm gonna leave it at that yeah I mean, at least um, they have, at least they um, they have us, you know. They have our full support. They were, they were telling me about some cool, like, I, like, heard about their, like, um, in my, like, um, trans mass group, like, because a lot of the people in trans mass group, and I think it goes back to what Rain was saying earlier about like, the disrespect, like, the, like, some people feel gay men give trans masks, like, they, they ended up becoming, like, T for T. Um, which is like um, trans for trans, or they okay. don't, they only want to date other trans people. And um, so I heard there were like tea for tea parties, but I didn't want to be like in group being like, what are the names of these parties? <laughs> you know what I mean? Which I think would have been like, would have like flown. It would have been fine. It would have been fine at Calendar, but I just didn't want to be like that person. But, um, but you're, but um, the person in your family actually did share one with me. <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I'm not like exclusively tea for tea, but I um, have had, trans partners and like you know do feel like you know there's a lot more like maybe like with exceptions of some there are you know the partners i'm with are really really respectful of me but like i've had partners that were not respectful of me in the past and i had to kind of like weed them out and like 
I do know like the trans partners I've had have always been very respectful of me. You know? I've actually never dated many trans partners. I usually just date uh, AFAB people or cis people who are like more feminine and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm really, really attracted to like fem people, but I'm not attracted to fem boys. So it's like, even if there is another trans trans person who's like more trash mask identify but the like idea of the fit boy it's not gonna not do nothing for me trans mask just like a straight dude was the was <laughs> i was like like and some people just found this to be like highly offensive because they were like you're not a lesbian if you date trans mask but i was like still like not i was like at that point like only attracted when i was younger to uh, i was not attracted to penis so like i think you can be like you know, that can change over a period of time, but you can be biologically like not attracted to a penis and, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, and that doesn't make me like, 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 like not accepting that like they were a man. Like I still accepted that like my trans mask, like, you know, boyfriends were men. I just felt like I'm not attra- attracted to a penis and they wouldn't, you know, sleep with me with a strap on then. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, that's, yeah. that's how I feel. Like I've had some people ask me if I date trans women. I'm like, yeah, I absolutely would. But I'm also not going to go and ask you what fucking parts you have because that's none of your fucking, that's none of my business for like, if we're not fucking. But I also like don't want to put myself in a situation where like, let's say we're like heading off and everything's cool and then you got something I'm not into because I'm not going to be into it. I'd rather just save the fucking time. Yeah, no, like I was, I it like ended up evolving, but like I was very, like I started out very not attracted to penis, and like I still say I'm like not super attracted to it because like I will like vomit on dick sometimes. Like I've had some like just, just like severe like dis like gust all of a sudden on a dick, but like then like it's but then it's like it's passing. Yeah, sometimes you like penis, uh, and I have I have. You've learned to be accepting of me in those ways. I I, I do not. I'm in a phase right now where I will not ask for a blowjob. I'll say, if you want to suck my dick, I'm open to it. And you have not wanted to. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I I fucked around around with dudes. I fucked around with dudes a couple of different times. Every time I do, I'm just like, why the fuck did I do that? I'm like, there was no way I was that fucking bored and that fucking high. And apparently I was, and every time I was just like, that was a waste of my fucking time. I didn't even have fun. I would say I pretty much, like, am only attracted to dick when I, like, especially, like, putting it in my mouth, like, when I'm really fucked up. But, like, like I get really fucked up. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, I was, yeah. Yeah, like. I'm just, over, I'm just overdoing it. I, you know, we, plus, like, and honestly, I probably would have, like, fucked around with dudes a little bit more, but a lot of dudes that be coming across don't want to get tested or, like, they, like, flip out if you ask them what their, like, status is and shit. I'm like, that's fucking weird that you're, like, flipping out about that, dude. Like, I, like you're, you, you're coming off real shady, so I'm not doing it. Like, I'd rather just, like, jerk off a thousand times and, like, deal with that shit and possibly, like, catch something because, I mean, I get we live in an age where, like, a lot of the STIs and like HIV aren't as serious, but I still would rather not have it. I'd have some people like they, I've had like, and I, one of our view, like one of our listeners actually like accused me of like, because I was taking prep, which like you wouldn't take prep. First of all, if you had AIDS, like to, just to educate everyone, but they accused me because I shared that I was taking prep on the air. Oh, you do still yeah, do you prep. still do it because it makes it undetectable. Okay. Okay. I didn't realize that, but like they accused me of having like um, AIDS because I was taking prep and um, I don't, it shouldn't be accused to begin with. 
They yeah, that's what I'm saying. Honest. Yeah, it shouldn't be accused. You're right. That was wrong. But like they, 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 like you know, made false claims because like they, you know, no, they accused. No, that's you, you no, said it saying, right. No, but they, but they, they shouldn't. Accuse they shouldn't you. be using saying. that word. They shouldn't be accusing so, you. So then they told me that like I shouldn't Pisses be me off. coming at them. You know, I I came at them because I said this is where like you know like where people who have AIDS like you know to say like to spread false rumors is like saying that it's like like you know like. That like is it saying like it's a moral like you know I came at them saying like we no. that, 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 that like we've come so far in this fight and yet there's still people like this. There are plenty of people who can have HIV and AIDS through no fault of their own. Exactly. Be yep. Highly highly responsible about it. Get themselves to where they are undetectable yep. and not able to spread it to other people. And nobody should be accused of having it. And then yeah, no, they were they sure. were saying I was like raw dogging people in bars or I wouldn't be taking prep and. You know, that's like fucking like, that's not and actually that's fucking like, stupid. That's fucking and it's, stupid. those are the same people who I'm just like, yo, you clearly don't give a shit about your own personal health. Like somebody like there was somebody or your on partner's Grindr, per, like there was somebody, health. Yeah. yeah, there was somebody on greater to try to like hit me up that had like, you know, no fucking stats about any of them. Like, I don't care if you want to be anonymous, dude, but like filling out your stats is easy to do. Just fill out your fucking regular ass stats. You see mine, you see yours. And they're like, oh, well, you must be going around fucking around. I'm like, you must not get fucking tested because that's not the right response to that, dude. Like. It's, it's weird and it's gross and it's just like, yo, listen, we're all adults. We all like having sex, trying to shame somebody because they care about their health and they want to make sure the other person you're messing around with too is safe isn't a, like, isn't a means to like get defensive or like try to shut, like slut shame or whatever the fuck you want to do to people or accuse people of having some sort of disease. Like, I'm honestly going to think you have something if you don't want to get if tested. If you don't want to get tested. To be honest, like, I'm going to think you have something if you don't want to get tested because that's weird as hell. It's 2023. You can get tested anywhere for free at almost any time out here you can get those kids delivered to your fucking house and do it at your house like there's no reason what i love about Count lord is like they the doctor's office i go to is that they will like actually give me a test even if i admit to them i haven't had any sex that month because like i'll be like oh i fell asleep at a party and i'm afraid somebody raped me and they're like actively afraid of that too you know what i mean like they like as as dark and morbid as that is like that is a reality of like life and like they are so concerned with public health that they will actually spend the money and like bill your insurance, even if you literally admit you haven't had sex. Whereas like in, I remember when I first moved here in 2005, they would not test me. I would have to like, like literally like threaten to like fucking burn the building down to get them to test me because I was a lesbian quote unquote. I mean, I was a lesbian. So I guess that is like not quote unquote, but um, because I was a lesbian, like, you know, at the time, like they would not test me. And like, I'd be like, I don't know what my partners are doing. We're sharing toys. Like you, like this is absolutely outrageous for you to say to me that like lesbians don't deserve to get tested. And it's like fucking public health crisis. And we're going to have to wrap things up because uh, there's a song that I would like to play. It's from the organization Playing for Change. And just by playing their music, we're helping to build music schools for underprivileged people across the nice. country. And uh, so I want to thank you. If you don't want me to play the song, if there's more that you feel you have to say, I will not play the song. No, 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 no. no. We want it. We want to support the organization. Okay. Uh, thank you so much. It goes so quickly. Uh, we always love. Hey, you're always you welcome on the air. Thank you all for listening, uh, and we'll be back next week with a with another full show. And uh, remember, and thank you, Lucille. I love you so much. Love you too. This is Gimme Shelter. It's in um, the sh- yeah. It's in the shelter of each other that the people live.
That was Gibby Shelter playing for change. This has been Art Star Scene Radio on Radio Free Brooklyn. Stay tuned because the circuit is coming up next.